1: the audio vault on 94 1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225 2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Guess what day it is? <laughs> Joe Reinagle. for the third time in seven seasons,
2: the San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl. Champions, Dallas 52, Buffalo
1: 17. It's the Blitz on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Hope day. Hope day. <laughs> Hope day. Yeah. Hope day. day. Here we go. <laughs> Put a little uh, little comma in between. Hump.
2: Yeah, there. there was a, a long pause for Dang. producer James Pleasure oh. in an area where you should not have a long pause. Happy Hump Day, everybody! Uh-huh. It is for some people up in Dallas. Apparently, some guys got a new job on the Cowboys practice squad. It is the Blitz. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Menix. Jane Slater from the NFL Network joining us now in the Buyers Barricades guest line. Jane, happy new year to you.
0: To you as well.
2: So, um, Lael Collins, and I saw you tweet earlier that his workout was better than expected. Uh, Damian Wilson, Racy McMath, uh, Sir Roderick Thompson, they all, they all signed to the Cowboys practice squad today. Is this insurance for, for the postseason and, and, and with Collins... Is it maybe more because some of the offensive line injuries are a little bit more severe than we were led to believe?
0: Well, we've got to pump the brakes on Collins because I literally just talked to his agent via text and he doesn't have the contract yet. Ah. So I'm waiting to hear back from somebody within uh, the Cowboys front office. The problem is, Lyle's got two acting agents, so I don't know if one of the other agents got it. Uh, but I've been told all day that this thing probably wouldn't have gotten resolved. It's nothing spicy, as I was saying on my Instagram, but people had reported that he had been signed to the practice squad. Well, the reason why we didn't see him at practice today or see him, you know, anywhere reported was because the contract wasn't signed yet. The deal wasn't done. Um, His workout was great. This has to do with just, without getting into too many specifics, it has to do with – something with the Bengals. So there's just a little bit of something as he's getting ready, you know, to close that door and move on that they've got to resolve. And so I don't know if they've resolved it within the last five minutes, but I literally just talked to me. It's not done yet. So this has been kind of exhausting throughout the day, but not to get into the weeds about it. I mean, by bringing Lyle to Dallas, which the full expectation is that this is going to happen um, is to give them depth. Now I would argue that he's better than, uh, awesome and Chuma and those guys, but talking to both Zach Martin, uh, Tyron Smith today, people internally right now, the goal for Lyle is that he would just come in as depth at this point because they've had so many injuries. I mean, you've had, you know, Chuma on the injury report. You had Tyron Smith with the back injury. You've got plantar fascia for Tyler Smith. And what they love about him is that he can play guard and tackle. And what, you know, the guys love about him. When I talk to, uh, Tyron and Zach Martin, you know, it was Tyron Smith who called him little bro. This guy just lights up, you know, with a big smile on his face, all of those things. Um, but they also love that he plays with a little bit of a nasty streak. So all of those things, you saw Lyle post on his Instagram. I've been in touch with Lyle so again, all of these things are going to happen. It's just not official, official
1: yet, to my knowledge. <laughs> That's interesting because the reports, Jane, yesterday were the same thing, and then they, mm-hmm. they it didn't happen. And so uh, we've been thinking about this for a couple of days. And I've got to ask you this because we see that Tyler Smith with the with the with the foot. <laughs> I'll say, but, but I'll let you, i you say it. But everybody says it's good that it's completely torn. But how seriously is this guy injured?
0: Well, I'm no doctor. I don't pretend to be Jerry Jones uh, on this <laughs> stuff. But um, it's my understanding if this thing breaks all together, it's actually better for the healing. So, again, I I don't even know how to get into the weeds on all that. But it sounds like he would probably not play this week but be ready to go uh, for that first game. So I, I think they'd probably be smart not to play him this week. But, again, this week 18 game it means something for Dallas right like you you want to win this one you want that first game to come through Dallas uh and so you know the offensive line they've now I think they're tied for seventh with most sacks since week 14 I mean it's not been ideal uh as much as you'd love to have in there we'll see what they end up doing with that offensive line I mean you know with Hankins for instance I thought for sure that he was going to be able to play this weekend or last weekend when they played Detroit, and ultimately they ended up holding him out. And I was told that he'll be available this weekend in the postseason. But we may—they don't like to run the ball a lot in Washington. If you go back and look at the tape, even though they've got two runners for whatever reason, Eric Bieniemy, those guys love to throw the ball, and if, you would too if you've got guys like Terry McLaurin. But they may not necessarily need Hankins um, to stop the run this week. I thought they did a pretty good job given the, how good David Montgomery. Uh, And Jameer Gibbs are, I mean, there was one series, I think they went to Montgomery seven times, Gibbs three, and then they sort of readjusted there in the second half. So that was good, but I think that was going to be your biggest test before you get to the postseason.
2: Jane Slater from the NFL Network joining us here on the Blitz. The other name that's out there getting associated a lot with the Cowboys is Dalvin Cook when he is officially released from the New York Jets. And I'm sure Steven Jones, when he's on with us tomorrow, will say, you know, they're always looking to improve their roster 24-7, 365. But with Deuce Vaughn going on the IR today, um, would that be a player that the Cowboys would also be seriously looking at adding for the playoffs?
0: Uh, it's a great question, Jason. Uh, they're always doing their due diligence. And I was told internally they're absolutely discussing it inside the building There has been no uh, meeting that has been set up right now. He hit the waiver transaction wire today, basically saying, yes, he's now officially been waived. Teams have until 3 o'clock our time tomorrow to claim, if not, he's a true free agent. But I do think the Cowboys, I I think they, they would be remiss not to bring him in for a visit and see what he's got. But I was talking to somebody that covers the Jets, and I said, you know, what's the deal? What happened with this? And they said, look, Four seasons at 28 years old of 1,100 yards, and then he fell off the cliff this year. Wow! So I don't know what to make. I don't know what to make of that. Um, you would certainly think, given Zach Wilson's, you know, struggled at quarterback, they should have relied on Dalvin Cook more, right? But they didn't this season, and so I don't know. I, I, at this point, though, you don't have Deuce Vaughn. You haven't really gotten a lot out of Malik Davis. Tony, we were talking to him today, you know, like, and he talked a little bit about some of his frustration. You know, not frustration, but that he didn't really expect that it was going to be this hard this year. I don't know if some of that has to do with the offensive line, but I think we've talked about this ad nauseum. Uh, they just don't have that big body guy, and that's why I kept arguing you would have been mm-hmm. better off just keeping Zeke. It's the thing i going to die on. For one more year, and I truly believe Zeke would have stayed. And it's like, so you're going to go out and try this 28 year old guy that wasn't able to do much with a jet, and what are you going to pay him? You know, you balked it overpaying Zeke on a one year. So I just, I, the whole thing I think is really, really interesting.
1: It is interesting, and and the cowboy. Well, I would love to see a Dalvin Cook land there. I think, um, but if he's washed, and that's what they think in New York, that's a problem. Jane, I've got to ask you this. I'm looking at a, at a headline on ESPN, and it just asks the question: Would Mike McCarthy's job be in danger if Dallas flops in the playoffs? What do you think?
0: I don't think so. I mean, he's I. I thought he had a three-year deal like most of his coaches when he came here. And as it was intimated to me, and he didn't want to get into the specifics, this was about two years ago, he's like, you know I've got a contract longer than three years. I was like, oh. (laughs) And I don't think a lot of people knew that either. It was my understanding he had about a five-year deal. Um, I think the bigger question is, if they don't get in the postseason, do the Cowboys extend him or let him play out another year? That's what I would do. Um, I know that Ian was talking about that extension, and then they, of course, laid an egg. Um, what was it? What was that game? Miami. Ian reported my colleagues reporting this extension, and then they just go and just get demoralized to the Dolphins on the road. So I think they're getting smarter about the contracts around Dallas. I think that they, you know, realize maybe we shouldn't overpay on some of these things or uh, get anchored down. Then my next question would be: Is if Dan Quinn leaves? How good are you feeling about extending Mike McCarthy? How much of Mike McCarthy's success has been because of Dan Quinn? And I don't know that Dan Quinn's going to leave. What I do know is that Dan, and he's talked about this here recently. I think he talked about it on Monday, actually, or Tuesday, whatever today is this week. Um, He talked about the fact that, you know, there have been opportunities. A lot of his prep work goes on in in the off season. So it's not a big deal when, you know, teams want to talk, but that he feels like he has unfinished business, that he loves coaching up these men and, I mean, you see the way these guys play. I mean, even when you talked, know, I was talking to J. Ron Kirst today, and he just talked about all they all they need is a blade of grass at the end of the game, a blade of grass, and they believe that they can defensively make the stand. And you got the sense that Mike McCarthy believed that too, right, because he decided we're going to go ahead and put this ball in the defense's hands at the end of the game. And then they came up with a big stop and, you know, what a disaster of an ending that whole thing was. But – I just, I wonder if extending out Mike without knowing what Dan Quinn is, if, if some of that is in their brain. And again, I don't know that I haven't had this conversation with them. I kind of feel like it's a little premature, honestly, to have that conversation because this is a coach that's gotten you to the postseason three years in a row. You've got, what, two ten 10-win seasons and now an 11-win season right now? Um, so I just, what else are you going to get is my next question. Well, and they are... don't have Kellen Moore in the building anymore. And yeah. I don't think Kellen Moore's your head coach because I don't think we've even. Heard Kelly's name getting kicked around with San Diego, yeah. or L.A. Chargers. Um, I mean, I guess you could offer the job to Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn seems like a man of uh, integrity. I don't know if he would do that to Mike. Um, so I do think it's it. I think there. I think there's layers to this thing. I don't, I don't think it's it's easy. But my answer would be I don't think that his job's on the line. I think an extension might be on the line, but I don't think his job.
2: Yeah. I See, and I'm I'm with you there, especially with him taking over as the offensive coordinator, play caller. And the success that you've had with the offense, especially since about the midway point of the year. And, and, you know, and whatever he's telling Jerry, I know what he told us. It would probably be bumpy for about five weeks. After about week five, he thought everything would be in place and they had hit their stride. And, damn, he was right. Uh, Because early in the year, there was a lot of complaining going on. And I, I think with the way that offense looks, especially at home, He's your play caller and head coach. I don't think his job is in jeopardy. Although the way he was managing the clock at the end of that lions game, that there could get you fired.
0: <laughs> I mean, look, all of us are going to have bad. I mean, the Eagles just had a bad day at the office with the Cardinals, right? So yes. I mean, as all these guys will tell you, it's any given Sunday, it's the NFL wins are hard to come by, but I think Mike has done a really good job, uh, I mean, this was the first time in three years they lost back-to-back games. Uh, I think they've done. A, I think he's done a really good job of galvanizing these teams and moving them past things. Like I didn't know how that locker room was going to handle moving on from Zeke. Like that was. I know that Dak took issue with it. I know it was personal, but he still got these guys to buy in and see something bigger down the line. And so, I would say, and I think that Mike has earned a lot of the respect, even just that when everyone says. Why are they so good at home? we talked about this on your show. It's the letting them sleep in their beds at night. And they said that they're able to get comfortable. And it's like, you know, with Jason Garrett, he made them wear suits. They obviously had to stay at hotels, you know, when they had home games and, and things along those lines. I think he's endeared himself with these guys. And all of these veteran rest days, too. The players that love their coaches are the ones that preserve their body. And I feel like Mike has put a lot of time and energy into – you know, he talks about the GPS and the analytics and all those things. But I think all of that stuff that he's done, I, I think it's undervalued at times. So you would just have to show me another coach that you'd want to go out and get when people throw out Bill Belichick's name. I will say this, Bill, every time I've talked to him about Jerry Jones, the man lights up, loves Jerry Jones, and Jerry loves him. But what has Bill done in New England that gives you any confidence that he would do something big here for you? And then when I look at Sean Payton, what he's done in Denver – Look at what a mess that situation is. I mean, that is, the way you handled that whole thing, terrible. I agree. And so, Mike, I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like Mike has been really, really measured. And, you know, just some of the stuff that's happened over the years. I mean, with COVID and then you had, you know, your strength and conditioning coach. And then this year with the appendicitis, he's back on calls. And, it, you know, two days later, I do think he's been the right coach for this team. All
1: right, Jane, just your sense around the, the star there today. Washington, they're not very good. Cowboys are a double-digit favorite. Are the Cowboys taking this one serious?
0: Uh, here's the deal. I've reminded them, because I was at that game last year on the road, Washington. I think the final score was like 26-6. to 6. It was ugly. It was Sam Hell's mm-hmm. first start. Uh, it was their third quarterback of the year. The Cowboys absolutely should have won that one, and they didn't. But all of these guys, I think for them it's the opportunity in front of them and them realizing how important it is for them to have these playoffs come through Dallas. And so I think that's enough to get them uh, going. And I you know, I was talking to J Ron Kurst at his locker and I was asking him, I said, you know, what did you guys think about the Eagles Arizona game, you know, and the opportunity. And he just smiled at me and he said, Philly's been in a slump. Let's kick them while they're down. It was a great Sunday for us. I go, Are you sure you want me to put that out there? He like goes, <laughs> Go for it. And so that's just kind of the mentality for these guys moving into it i mean curse took it a little bit of a step further too he said you know our playoffs start sunday we have to handle our business and then even tony pollard says we just got to punch first and so i think they're locked in i think they realized they were given a gift this weekend um not only with that lions game but they were given a you know a gift here with that loss uh, for the eagles and so everything they want is right in front of them We're going to have really big discussions on Monday if they screw this one up.
2: Absolutely. and I think if you're Mike McCarthy and a lot of those players get off to a fast start, a nice big early lead, and then get those starters out of the game and let them start resting up for the playoffs. That would be, I think, the ideal situation for Mike McCarthy.
0: Man, but he sometimes does not pull those starters. I mean, I find myself just anxiety in the fourth quarter when they get some of these big leads. I'm like, why is your starting quarterback still in
2: there? See Chubb in Miami. Get him out of there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
2: Yeah. It'll be interesting. Jane Slater from the NFL Network. Always great catching up. Next week, we'll be talking playoffs.
0: Yes, we will.
2: Good stuff. Jane, have a great week.
0: Appreciate it. Bye-bye.
2: Jane Slater from the NFL Network. Follow her on Twitter, X, at Slater as she's on the Buyer's Barricades guest line, where they provide traffic control, rental, and sales for San Antonio and beyond online at buyersbarricades.com.